Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Cheryl Smith writing and rewriting history. First ever national title for Texas Tech. Welcome one, welcome all to the Tortillas and Takes podcast. You are on once again with your boy, I'll be sure. And um, we have an interesting episode today. Uh, as we look at, you know, the last few episodes we've been talking about recruits and recruits and recruits and football and basketball and in all these sports. And, you know, people are starting to get hip. Starting to get hip to what the Texas Tech Red Raiders are doing. And we don't know how to feel about it. So to talk about this is uh, the people's champ himself, Jeremy Gillen. What's up, Jeremy? What's up, Albie? Hey, you know what we should talk about? Some more recruits. We should talk more, about more recruiting. Recruits. I think like we should just press into the recruit, the recruit wave. <laughs> press into the recruit wave. Well, we got some more. So starting with the football side, we got some more recruits recently. Right, We got that four-star Ellis Davis, uh, offensive tackle. He committed in June, uh, mid-June. Uh, big boy. Big boy uh, on three rankings. He's actually the highest rated recruit we have. That's the top 300 recruit um, that recruited there in June. Also, but big recruit coming up. There was a day, actually, for like a couple days where uh, where the secondary just got boosted. Starting off with like Peyton Morgan, four-star safety from uh, Pflugerville. Uh, he, uh, we got his commitment that came in. Uh, another safety, Isaiah Collins, came in from Huntsville. We got another safety, Ashton Hampton from Pearland, you know, and then uh, not to mention getting a big commitment um, uh, from the Baylor defensive back, A.J. McCarty. You remember A.J. McCarty? He's the one that actually got the pick six against Tech last year. (laughs) So he's like, he got that pick six and was like, you know what? I can do this more often here. So, um, but yeah, no, the, the secondary got a big boost in recruiting, and, and uh, we already, like I said, with with uh, Ellis Davis's commitment to the offensive tackle. So we were talking about last time we were here that Tech had the number one recruiting class in the conference um, at the time. We had, I believe, it was three five star, or four star recruits. Now we have five. 
five commits, five four-star commits on in in the Big Twelve, and uh, not only are we number one in the Big Twelve, we've kind of widened that gap as of right now, being number one in the Big Twelve, tied for first in the Big Twelve with the most four stars, um, tied for first in the Big Twelve with the most top three hundred players in the twenty twenty-four rankings. Uh, not only are they increasing, but of course with the AJ McCarty commit, I think the uh, the the tra- the 2023 rankings, if you include the the transfer portal as well, is looking that much more special. Mm-hmm. You gotta love. I mean, we were talking about it last time. You just gotta love the energy that we have around recruiting, and we've talked about it periodically. That you know, even though we love to hate him, Tommy Tuberville was kind of the last great recruiter for Texas Tech and he had a lot of pedigree coming from that you know with Auburn and all that he already had that business mindset that he's somehow perverted into a whole different career Um, (laughs) (laughs) but the thing is is that you know he was getting more top tier talent to Lubbock which is hard and then you had guys who came in and said hey we want to be here we want to Tupperville no bones about it did not want to be in Lubbock Uh, but he recruited good guys then you had Kingsbury, who was big Texas Tech, and he started to recruit some good guys, but didn't really that didn't really pan out in the long run. Then again, small saga of Matt Wells, whatever that was. But now you get a guy who wants to be in Lubbock. People cannot fathom that all across the the Big Twelve, um, but he wants to be in Lubbock, and he's surrounded himself with guys who want to bring talent to Lubbock, and it's working. And we're sitting, like you said, on the top of the new Big Twelve um, for the 2024 season. Five four stars, eleven three stars. Um, there may be uh, a five star coming in there, or we may have somebody elevated to a five star. There's, but there's like a lot of talk and a lot of excitement about around recruiting, and everybody's just waiting. Let's get another. Let's go tweet. Who is he talking about? Like there's just a lot of like euphoria around the whole process, which is you know this is the most exciting that the off season has been um, for Texas Tech in a, in some time. Well, now as we get into July. Right, we're going from the off season to the preseason a little bit, right? Mm. Season and, and that's we just you know just came out today. We're recording this on Tuesday. Just came out today, uh, or no, that's not today. It's not Tuesday. Today's Wednesday. Uh, the preseason, the preseason uh, teams, right? So this is the start of it. This is really where it all starts out. The preseason teams have been announced. Uh, also announced are the guys that are going to the Big Twelve Media Days. So like we're in preseason time, baby. And you know, so shout out one. To Duran Bradley, who made the preseason All-Big 12 team, and Jalen Hutchins, who made the preseason All-Big 12 team. That's two Red Raiders making the team. Um, first question I have for you, Jeremy, is are there any Texas Tech snubs? Anybody else that did not make the team that you feel like should have? You know, it's hard for me. Um, for I think in my heart of hearts, I wonder where Jalen Hutchins and Tony Bradford are, just because those guys oh, Jay- are— Jalen Hutchins made it, just not, not Tony. Not Tony. So we had, so let's go through it again. We had Jalen Hutchins. And Duran Bradley. We had Duran Bradley. That was the only two. Um, yes. Sorry. So Tony Bradford, because those two guys together create an, a really an elite rushing defense. And they, they've both been ranked really highly in the rush defense last season. And so I was wondering, like, why, you know, why elevate some of these players over um, that duo? But, you know, whatever. On the offensive side, I have no bones about it, you know. The Big 12 is laden with a ton of offensive talent across the board. Uh, and who are you going to? I mean, even Duran Bradley's like, I know Duran Bradley's an athlete, an absolute stud. 
But, you know, is he going to have that kind of season? It's just hard to tell. Um, and is there going to be another wide receiver, Any, literally any other school in the Big 12, that's not going to do the same thing or better? Um, depends on quarterback play. Depends on offensive line. There's just a lot of factors to it. Uh, I just wish that we had a little bit more representation on the defensive side of the ball. So for me, I mean, Tony Bradford is the first guy that comes to mind. And then maybe uh, – no – uh, I think that's it. It's hard. It's hard with like the new shakeup of all the different teams coming in. Yeah, a couple, a couple names that I heard. Tony Bradford is a good one. I mean, you know, Coach McGuire understands how important the law firm is. Both Tony Bradford and uh, Jalen Hutchins will be at Big Twelve Media Days, uh, along with Todd Brooks, uh, t- uh, Tyler Shuck, and Jaran Bradley. Um, but uh, um, you know, but I also heard the rabbit, DeAdrian Taylor Demerson. He was another one that I heard as far as a potential Texas Tech snub. Um, a name that I'm surprised you didn't say, your boy, Austin McNamara, was a, a name that I, I came up. You know, I, I think the thing is, and I tweeted this, is that. Yeah, they got some guy from USC, right? U, UCF, uh, excuse me. From Cincinnati. Oh, well, Cincinnati? so the thing about it is, is that what I, you know, I always talk about this is that if you want to put somebody on, who just comes off? So I thought of Austin McNamara is the first one I thought of. Like, man, Austin McNamara, he's you know, a great punter, one of the best punters in the country. He should probably be on the All-Big 12 preseason team. Then I remembered who made it the All-Big 12 preseason team. And the the problem with putting Austin McNamara on is that that means that somebody has to come off, and the person that made the team, the All-Big 12 preseason team, uh, was the punter from Cincinnati. Uh, His name is Mason Fletcher. Mason Fletcher was a Ray Guy finalist last year. Right now, Austin McNamara didn't get to show his prowess as a punter last year because, you know, newsflash, we didn't punt very much. Right. So I do think that as great as Austin McNamara is and can be and probably could be better than Mason Fletcher, we'll never know. (laughs) I don't think we will ever have an All-American punter or an All-Big 12 punter, maybe ever again, as long as Joey McGuire is the head coach. But like that's stuff, stuff like that is kind of what I look at and say, okay, well, like as much as I like Tony Bradford, right, who comes off? Is it? You know, is it Dante Corleone from Cincinnati? Is it Byron Murphy from Texas? I think those are probably the two names that I can, you could argue. But then, like, you look at Jalen Hutch. Jalen Hutchins absolutely deserves to be on there, right? But I think with Tony Bradford, put that, put another chip on Tony Bradford's shoulder, right? Tell him he's he's already a short, undersized D tackle. So just put another chip on his shoulder so he can go out and ball. And I think that that works. Same thing with Dejan Taylor Demerson. Sure, it's great to put him on there, but most people aren't going to put him over Kobe Savage from K State or Kobe Bryant from Kansas, right? And so, like, that's where it gets uh, a little bit difficult. But I, I do think they got two of them right. Duran Bradley is kind of being deemed now as the next great Texas Tech receiver. You know, we talked about it last year. I think the only thing he's missing is consistency. He'll do something incredible once a game, um, but really just getting more consistent. That's the big piece that he's going to need uh, next year. And if he's consistent, and if we see some of the stuff we saw last year on a more consistent basis, um, especially with that boy Shuck throwing him the ball, uh, we can see really great things from good old JB. Well, let's talk about uh, Tyler Shuck in the scheme of my the and that's the first thing everybody looks at as soon as they release the team is that who's the quarterback right because the Big Twelve is is just like loves to talk about the quarterback play and we have I don't know the last time this happened but a Kansas player 
and Jalen Daniels leading the QB. Maybe, maybe not since Todd. I don't know. If, I don't know if Todd Reesing ever was amid all Big Twelve teams. Like it's the only person I could think of that could possibly. I would be doubt. I, yeah, I don't think so. And you got Jalen Daniels who's leading the pack. When you think, oh my God, you think all these UT fans got to be bent. When Tech you fans think are great, certainly bent. When you think great Big Twelve football, you think Kansas Jayhawks. I mean, everybody. you think the Kansas Jayhawks. <laughs> I've been saying it since 2017. That's right. Kansas Jayhawks right. are back. <laughs> Yeah, so it's just kind of crazy that they ended up uh, with Jalen Daniels, and he's an excellent quarterback, and that kind of does speak to an interesting level of the chaos that's embedded in the Big 12. Because last season we did see Jalen Daniels tear it up, and he was part of the reason the Jayhawks became such a threat um, to people that you know that they played is because you never knew how much he could actually pull out. Um, and they got, I mean, they had one of the most successful seasons in some time. They had the most publicity. They had freaking game. You know, there was so much for Kansas Jayhawks, and it is due to, I mean, you know, Lance Leopold, but, like, it is due to Jalen Daniels really giving it us all out there. And so I think, you know, I love that he's above Quinn Ewers. I hope Texas fans sit on that for the rest of the— I, You know what's funny? I So— I don't think Jalen Daniels should have been the quarterback here. I actually think there's only Kansas got four preseason All Big Twelve teams. I think they probably only deserved one, <laughs> to yeah. be honest. I think Kobe Bryant deserved it. Outside of Kobe Bryant, like Mike Nowitzki did not need should, should not have been on this team. Um, and Devin Neal's good. I'm not gonna scoff on him. Uh, so that's the second one. But I, to, to me, I think it should have been Will Howard from K State. He, he to mm. me is the best quarterback in the conference. Um, yeah. I do. I do think Jalen yeah. Daniels is probably second. And uh, and then it's a t- between yours and Shuck. I think it's, that's a toss up. I think yours is, of course, very talented, very good, but he's woefully inconsistent. And we saw yeah. that last year. And so, like, that's that's kind of the thing. But I guess you could. I mean, you know, some arguments is, is that uh, um, a injured Shuck is just as inconsistent. So, you know, but there's we'll see. Now, now it's put up a shut up time. Like now, all the, I think all the quarterbacks in the Big Twelve yeah. have had a series of um, like. A series of what if, or could you, or can you. Like, nobody's put up a perfect season. Nobody's coming back from last year with, like, a great season, right? Like, Will Howard was injured a lot of the season. Jalen Daniels was injured a lot of the season. Tyler Shuck was injured a lot of the Actually, yeah. now I think about it, the top when four quarterbacks, were, they yeah. were all four of them were hurt throughout the season yeah. last year, right? And that kind of led to their inconsistency. Um, now, Howard and Daniels wasn't really inconsistent. They were just hurt. But, like, Shuck and Ewers, their injuries had led to that. Um, and then all the other quarterbacks in the Big 12 have a lot of put up or shut up type of, you know, a lot of, you know, what can you do? Um, you know, Alan Bowman has a lot. He needs to promote at Oklahoma State, right? Alan Bowman, yeah. he's, he's kind of been kicked kicked around a little bit from Texas Tech to Michigan to wherever. Uh, you you got your boy, Donovan Smith, going to be the quarterback down in Houston, right? He has a chip on his shoulder. Yeah. I will say, with all that, Texas Tech uh, likely will make the preseason top 25. We were given um, a 0.5% chance to go to the to the, the college football playoff, uh, but I think it was Fox. Um, and uh, <laughs> uh, Which, 0.5%, I think that put us like 22nd in the country or something like that. Hey, man, um, I'll take it. You know? And so, so some people saying are, there's a chance. So we're saying there's a chance. Some people are giving Texas Tech some credit and saying that, you know what, yeah, they're pretty good. They are right. You know, I think for the most part, um, and we, we've talked about it with Phil Slavin from, from 1012 and some other guys, like the uh, that Texas Tech is kind of being deemed as the, the dark horse favorite. Like, sure, there's Texas. Sure, there's Oklahoma. Sure, there's K-State. Who outside of that group can make it? Oh, Texas Tech. It's a popular underdog pick. And, you know, a lot of people are coming through and saying, Texas Tech, you know, that's the team that I think can break through. How does that make you feel as a fan? And you know what's funny? The more we talk about it, the more I think about it, 
I feel like Texas Tech as the dark horse is becoming the easy answer because um, you think about Joey McGuire has had kind of a meteoric start to his... Uh, you take Texas Tech, a fumbling program that really just embarrassed itself a lot the season prior, um, and then you turn around, and with somebody else's roster pretty much, you go, you you have a, um, a strong season where you beat teams that you haven't beaten and you know really beaten in some time and you do you you get texas and oklahoma in the same season something that has not happened since a a while ago um and now you're sitting in the offseason and you're leading the recruiting battle once again and you know first of all joey mcguire is just a magnet for energy everybody loves to talk about him everybody loves to have him on the show he's he's going to be like that charismatic coach that everybody loves to talk about you know um in, in the football world and just like can do no wrong, right? Uh, and so I feel like it's getting to the point. It's we're getting kind of past this actual dark horse, archety- like character type. And now it, it, it's like, oh, I don't even know how to describe it past that. But you know, it's the easy pick to pick Texas Tech as the dark horse uh, in in the new Big Twelve, especially. Um, we have everything kind of going for us, and that's the scary part. And we kind of joke about it in the chat. <laughs> that uh, I kind of like people to stop talking about it <laughs> at this point. Like, you know, what gives you the right to say anything optimistic about my team? <laughs> Please stop. <laughs> um, but you're right. I mean, like the way looking at this season, and it's and we, uh, it's such a crazy Big Twelve this year with all these people who are like you said, all these quarterbacks who in their mind, okay, this year I'm fully healthy. I'm gonna go out and give my all for Quinn Ewers. You think like. There's no way it's not in the back of his mind. Like, man, I probably would have beaten Alabama if I didn't get hurt. Like, that's, you know, whether that was his narrative at the beginning or not, like, that seeped in. Tyler Shuck finished his season with a big chip on his shoulder against people even in the clubhouse. That He said in that interview, like, even people in our in the department doubted me, but I proved him wrong. And, like, he's carrying this huge amount of swagger. You know, Will Howard, like, Kansas State is... Not a dark horse, it's like the legitimate contender. And Will Howard's got all this prestige behind him. And then, of course, Jalen Day, you know, you just go down the line. And so we talk about this kind of being kind of a, a down year for the Big 12 in some ways. But it's really, I think, one of the most exciting years with all of the different storylines that are coming together. That, like, you have every team right now is going, I can win the Big 12. Even yeah. Kansas thinks that. Yeah. Well, Houston doesn't, but that's... No, well, let's talk about real teams now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, with that, so that you're right. I mean, for football is going to be chaos, and chaotic years always lead to good things for a, a, a dark horse, an underdog team like Texas Tech is going to be. And when I say underdog team, we're used to being the underdog team, but we're not used to being the underdog team for a potential title berth. I think that's the crazy part, right? Like, I think last year we won eight games. Now it's kind of like anything less than eight games next year is kind of a disappointment. Right. So I do want to take that thought from the disappointment in football to what has been a perceived disappointment in the basketball offseason up to this point. Right. Grant McCaslin was hired and Texas Tech fans let out kind of a big groan, like a kind of a, oh, well, he's not Rick Pitino. He's not uh, whatever other big name Texas Tech fans were hoping for. Uh, um, uh, K-State head coach that's name just escaped me. Um uh, for for whatever reason, a lot of you talking about Tang? Yeah, he's not Jerome Tang. Jerome Tang, yeah. You know, he's he's not Rodney Terry. Um, oh, you know, what are we gonna do with this guy? You know, he's the UNT yeah. coach, yeah. right? 
Um, he's not Ulrich Maligi. <laughs> <Maligi. laughs> yeah, we're sad, bro. <laughs> um, so, you know, so I think it was a lot of big groans. And, and from the very beginning, there was that. We joked about it. But there has been a Matt Wells comparison from the very jump, simply because those same groans about McCaslin was the same groans that people had about Wells when he was hired. Um, even though McCaslin actually earned it, unlike some other people. But, mm. um, <laughs> uh, and so another thing has been over the offseason, he hasn't made splashes, right? Last year, Mark Adams was the, or two years ago, Mark Adams was the new head coach of Texas Tech basketball. There were splashes. There were big recruiting wins. And it was big, like, excitement over the offseason. He didn't get on the plane. He was able to get, you know, all these guys. He, you know, and, and this, that, and the other. And so there was excitement in the offseason. This offseason? Not so much. I mean, the biggest excitement was is that, um, you know, some players didn't leave. That was the yeah. That yeah, was right. that was really the biggest the biggest excitement. And so, there has been kind of this slow burn of, oh man, McCaslin hasn't even been able to get his own UNT players to commit. Is he really him? You know what? It's kind of been lame. It's kind of been boring. And then what happens is, well, okay, well, well, uh, oh, and then Jalen Tyson transfers because reportedly, you know, it was uh, McCaslin seemingly didn't want him to stay, stuff like that, right? And you hear these things. And then what happens is, okay, but, you know, he got Drew Steffi to stay, and he got Kyron Lindsay to stay, okay, but, but what else is he doing? Oh, well, oh well, he got Darian Williams. He That seems like a, a pretty good commit. And we, he got Warren Washington from Arizona State. That, that seems like a pretty good commit. And then we, we talked about last episode. He got Devin Cambridge, also from Arizona State. Okay, that, that actually seems pretty good. Um and then recently, a big, big uh, piece, and we talked about it in the last episode, you bring, brought up the, the statistic that every single person, player, that has come to Texas Tech on a visit has committed. Six for, or was, at the time, was five for five. Well, he's now six for six as Joe Toussaint, a West Virginia transfer, who was, his top three was between West Virginia, Kansas State, and Texas Tech. He chose Texas Tech. Um, was a four-star transfer commit according to ESPN, and um, yeah, he's coming going to be a Texas Tech Red Raider, and just like that, off of that Joe Toussaint commit, we got a point guard, we got a really good point guard in Joe Toussaint, right? We got a nice batch of wing players, we got a big, and now it's we got guys like Rothstein saying, "Hey, Texas Tech, they're in my top forty. Texas Tech, that's an NCAA tournament team." After everybody was upset and pissed and, oh, McCaslin doesn't know what he's doing. And McCaslin had to go on the radio and say, y'all need to chill out, <laughs> you know. But uh, Rossi now coming and saying that's a tournament team. I mean, what do you think about hearing that love from Rossi? And also there was somebody else that also, uh, I can't remember who it was, that gave another na- national media member that was kind of saying that, you know. Hey, that t- oh, Texas yeah. Tech. Oh, shoot. Um, who was that? Uh, that Texas Tech, you know, they... They've, they've done so. Fran Fraschilla, our boy. Fran, Fran Fraschilla, friend yes, of the pod. There it is. Uh, yeah, so that's a very good start to uh, Grant McCallison's roster management. It's only going to enhance how good guys like Pop Isaacs is, right? So, I mean, what do you think about now Tech basketball is getting some love? This one's a little harder for me to swallow just because um, I don't think it's deserved <laughs> right now. Uh, there's, you know, it's exciting to see all the players come together. But then the biggest question mark is like, what does McCaslin do when he brings everybody into the house? Um, you know, how is his coaching when it comes to a bunch of like players like this, you know, and, and you know, I love the Toussaint pickup just because kind of like, uh, kind of like, um, AJ McCarty with us, 
he had pretty good games against Texas Tech. You know, he put up, I think he put up like 20-something points in the last game that we played with West Virginia, and he was on the team. Um, but with this batch, you know, we've seen what Coach McGuire can do with his team. We can, we've can we seen him go through a full season, you know, with the Texas Tech logo. With McCaslin, we just haven't, you know, we don't have that material yet. And so it's exciting to see that he's put together a team that should really be the low bar. Um, like, great. You assembled a team that we can now play with. That's the that that it feels like just a job responsibility. You can't wow me with that in a first year. Um, what does he do with that? And like, how does I? I also want to see how our schedule is going to look um, because I'm interested in how this this how our AD is going to like stack things up. I'm really getting tired of like the extremely cupcakey preseason stuff. Um, if I'm being honest. So, but maybe in this instance, it's going to be a really good opportunity for McCaslin to pull his guys together. I still think that, you know, I'm going to have to see, and I do love the fact that everybody that McCaslin has gotten to come visit Tech and talk to him has committed. Guys like six for six or seven for seven or whatever it is now. Um, I need to see what he does with like the future recruiting game, right? Because we can't just continue to live off transfers. We can for like, we can like, we can get a lot of energy from that, but we're going to have to start having some good high school recruiting as well. You know, I love that Drew Steffi stayed around big Texas tech kid. Um, I want to find more of those in the future before I really start to buy into McCasland, you know, cause I want, I want us to be building forward, not just continually on our back foot. If that makes sense. So, so Rothstein's tweet, just to, Kind of put it out there. He said that Texas Tech looks like an NCAA tournament team in year one of Grant McCaslin. I put out a tweet right after that, and I said, should an NCAA tournament bid be the minimum expectation of this team this upcoming year? What are, what are, you, uh, what are your thoughts? No, I don't. Because I think you're putting way too much on <clears> – <throat> you're saying, oh, all of these pieces – are good pieces so they're all going to fit and make this beautiful puzzle together that's just not the case right you're going to have to have excellent coaching and a lot of coachability between your team to i mean every, a lot of these guys have changed entire coaching pedagogies they changed locations around the u.s they, they've everybody's come to lubbock from somewhere different from a whole different coaching tree from a whole different mindset about basketball and now they all have to come together and it's freaking july and say, okay, we are going to do McCaslin brand, McCashlin brand basketball, and they got to buy in completely. Can it be done? Yes. We saw Beard do that multiple times. Um, do I think it should be an expectation to make the tournament? No. In the same way that I was not expecting to get more than like four wins for McGuire in his first year. I'd love to be surprised, but I also think, I mean, we're coming off a really nasty implosion and one of the worst ways you can do it in you know co- the coaching world, the collegiate coaching world, I feel like, hey, if we can field a team, have fun, and build for a better future, that's enough for me, man. Like I, I don't even know the status of kind of the Big 12 right now is how it stacks up. Um, but it's a dangerous conference, man. It's a tough conference. We're adding other tough schools. There's no guaranteed bid for me to get into the tournament in McCaslin's first years. First year, excuse me. Yeah, so I'll tell you what uh, Twitter's thoughts were. Um, and who knows? This might be the last time I say Twitter's thoughts. Maybe maybe Threads it just takes off. But anyways, um, I'll tell you what Twitter's thoughts were. Uh, so I did a put a poll, 
70.6% uh, of the people that t uh, voted in the poll said that, yes, bare minimum, uh, that a minimum expectation should be we make the tournament. 70%. Um, you know, a lot of uh, responses were you know, that, uh, um, let's see here, that uh, attorney bid is always the bar. Uh, any power five, oh, this is my favorite. Uh, any power five D1 schools coach should be on the hot seat if you don't make the tournament every each year. Oh, uh, come <laughs> yeah, on. That's, that's, that's right. If you don't make the tournament, you're on the hot seat, off top. We, we forget that. Uh, you know, uh, it should always be the minimum regardless of the coach. Uh, it should be every season. And mind you, I'm not saying the goal. Obviously, the goal is to make the tournament every year. I'm talking about the bare minimum expectation. Um, and I had a lot of that. I had a lot of that. Now, I'll share those, but I'll, let me share you some tweets that I actually agree with, right? Um, I have of the mindset, let's see at least one game before we start talking about games in March. I love what coach has done. Long game. Right. Another guy said that uh, um, uh, this feels very much to me like a proof of concept year. If they make the tournament, that seems like a bonus that the coaching staff has proven themselves over the coach of the year. Um, you know, I and then shout out to TJ. Uh, TJ kind of so we kind of went ahead back and forth. He kind of said that um, after what we went through last year, the fact that that team year was just so awful and terrible, we still almost made the tournament after a few games. I feel like it could be done. Um, you know, uh, and then I do think that is fair. He has a point. I, I will say we did actually still have a pretty long win streak in that conference as well. Um, so that kind of helped there, but, um, I, you know, I, I'll say this Min I think the biggest thing is minimum expectation. If you're telling me the minimum expectation for a coach in year one after the season we just had last year should be to make the tournament. I just, I got to disagree. That's not the minimum expectation. What I, what I want to see is, is that is what the team has set up, set up for long-term success. We forget. And I was thinking about this team we for, uh, because it reminds me a little bit, not a lot, but a little bit of the 2016 team. 2016, that was Beard's first year. That team was coming off of an NCAA tournament bid uh, after Tubby left. Most of that team stayed, right? The, the core of that team stayed. That team in Be Coach Beard's first year, that should have been an NCAA tournament team. Or just, just off the base of you went to the tournament the year before, the whole team stays, it should have been an NCAA tournament team. And they didn't make the tournament. Um and so, in, in what I think was probably the worst beard coaching job of the years he was here, but it was his first year, right? Um, and so, to me, I look at this team compared to that team, and I say, okay, well, talent-wise, probably about the same, right? You could even argue the 2016 team is a little bit better, but I don't think there's any scenario where this team is better than that team. And so, the fact that that team in 2016 didn't make the tournament, we're now expecting this team in a tougher conference, mind you. The Big 12 is much tougher now. Right, Houston is going to be in the conference next year. So as much as I joke about Houston football, Houston basketball is legit. Ralph Sampson's coming in this turn, this this conference, and look and looking at everybody else like food, right? Like, um, oh, Ralph Sampson. I mean, Kelvin Sampson. Um, but uh, yeah, so so Houston's going to be in this in this uh, this thing, right? Um, and th it's not going to be easy to make the tournament. Right, this idea that. That it's, oh, well, you should just, that's bare minimum expectation. And I, I, I dig it. I respect it. I like the fan base is feisty and they're willing to get after it like this. I've waited, I've waited virtually my whole uh, Texas Tech fandom to have a fan base that feels like they were worthy of being um, at the top like this. And that's, and that's great. And I hope we keep the same energy. But what I'm worried about is after, and I've talked about this before on this podcast, when Matt Wells lost to Kansas in year one, 
his his career at Tech was almost over before it started. Like that, the, the clock started that that second. And if we have a scenario where now, if we go something like dead last in the conference, then you know that starts the clock there too. But a scenario where what I want to see is in year one, teams working hard. There's a good offensive system. There's a good defensive system. We're fighting for games. We're fighting for W's, and you know, um, and we, we just and if we just come up short on the big it's the tournament, we make the NIT, or we come short, but we see it's there, and we see the the building blocks being placed there. That is my minimum expectation. In year one for a coach, that's what I'm expecting. Not you know, um, not all this other stuff. If if we barely make the NCAA tournament off of fluky stuff, that's that's not better, right? Because we're not. I want something that he can building blocks we can sustain long term. Um, that's what I've been. I haven't been comparing him to Matt Wells. I've been comparing him to Scott Drew, and that's what we saw Scott Drew and at Baylor early on, and even during that the the dim periods where people were saying that he should be fired, um, was this you know these building blocks, and so that's what I want to be even placed at at Texas Tech. So so yeah, so there's that. Well, and for me, I think if I'm going to put like a tangible, I'm going to put a tag on it. Um, ha- being in the top half of the conference, I think, is your bar. If you think, and I do like that tweet saying that, you know, we had a terrible mishmash and we were still almost in the tournament. Um, a lot of good players coming together can get, you know, you'd be surprised at how far they can get on their own. You just need good coaching to really get to that next level. Like for So for me, the tournament out of the question that's not an expectation for me but i think with where texas tech is with the kind of home atmosphere that you're going to inherit from you know you've got a lot of things going for you as a texas tech head coach i do think and especially with like you know we've got some solid players on the roster already it's not just a bunch of people who've not played big 12 basketball even tucson coming over from west virginia should be able to plug and play pretty well um in the system it's just, uh, I, and with that, I feel uh, the top, you know, well, we'll have we'll 12 next year. So the top six in the conference, I feel like you should be competitive. Uh, for Actually, that next six. year we'll have, we'll have 14. Texas oh, 14. Is, it ain't just football. So in the top today, seven. Got, yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, top, I'll say this. Top seven will probably make the tournament. So I feel like that's okay. – uh, yeah, so I feel well, like so, so I'm I'm advertent I'm advertently saying that yeah, you're, you're the tournament in, is the bar. Jeremy, Jeremy's inadvertently <laughs> saying like no no it's not a bare minimum requirement but yes it's a bare minimum requirement. McCaslin, make it happen. <laughs> like, I'm a, I sound like a lawyer or something. <laughs> <laughs> you know so but well I mean I you know it, it is interesting seeing the basketball team recently get love which I feel like we haven't gotten love since McCaslin's been hired. So uh, it's true, man. He's really kind of got the brunt of it and he won't really lose that tag. He really, I mean, the recruits are coming in well. And I think the more people talk about it, you'll start to get those like middle of the road fans. But the people who jumped on McCaslin sucks train at the beginning, it's going to take coming off. (laughs) No, (laughs) they're not coming off for a while. They're not. Um, Yeah. It'll just take time. Yeah. So anything else you want to say to the people? Nope. Good recruiting, more recruits coming, more recruit talk coming. We ain't stopping. We ain't stopping. We ain't stopping. Um, make sure you know a new Twitter account came on. Threads or not Twitter account, uh, Instagram Instagram app. Sorry, uh, Threads. We are on Threads. You know, so uh, get us on there. Follow us on Threads. You know, if you follow us on IG, it should be an easy to follow. It should be very easy to follow us on Threads. Um, but I mean, I feel like we all know that Twitter eventually is going to come to an end. Because they don't know what the hell they're doing over there. So, 
there seems to be an app that we can still have fun on. So go to Threads, Tortillas and Takes. Um, so for the uh, flip flopper that is Jeremy Gillen, this is I'll be sure and you have a listening the Tortillas and Takes podcast, part of the Ten Twelve Network. As always, stay wrecked, people. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.